Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and this week we have Adalia Medina on. She talks about multiple projects she's working on, trying to help people with PTSD, and having fighters tell their backstory. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back again with Shruti, and this week we have a special guest, Adalia Medina. Uh, she has a, a lot of projects behind her. She has her Igdalia Speaks, where she works with athletes that are with people in general that have trauma and PTSD backgrounds. Her Medina MMA, which is a lot of combat sports stuff, which started with her photography that she does. And then that branched out to their fight story to add the stories behind the photos. And a lot of these fighters who we see the images and the videos of them just as in big muscular guys that are just beating each other up, they have stories behind. And she wanted to show that, that there is more to these athletes than just people that like to punch people back and forth. So Dalia, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. It's, a, it's our mind day started at about 5 a.m. So we're keep moving forward early for me so, yeah so let's start with the uh the Ignalia speaks what what do you do with that project what is the main the main focus of that my main focus with Ignalia speaks is to let people know what helped me get through different situations in life because I can't tell people what to do but I can show them and tell them what worked for me because sometimes, you know, we get into that negative state and we think, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. This happened to me. Forget it. So the Dahlia Speaks is more of letting them know, like, yes, there is a way out. You know, and my like my catchphrase kind of thing is stay focused, stay calm and find your why. Because if we don't stay calm, we can't get focused and we can't find our purpose. We can't find our why. And that's um just my main thing on Igdalia Speaks. So Igdalia, you know, hearing that, that's when we had talked about it before, that's super inspiring. And I would love to know what your story is and like what inspired you to start this platform. Well, my story is um, a couple years ago or several years ago, um, my son and I were abducted um, at Knife Point. Um, for three days. And a lot of people that knew what happened um, would always say, oh, if that happened to me, I would probably have died or, you know, just different scenarios. And I always told them like, you know, my purpose, my why was my son. Like if I was by myself, I don't know what would have happened. But I knew that because my son was there, I needed to find a way out for my son. So if anybody was going to make it out, it was going to be my son, not necessarily me because, you know, I've already lived my life. He was my purpose. He was only two and a half years old when it happened. So since everybody kept saying things like that, I was like, you know what? No, I may not tell everybody my story, but I can help them and let them know that, yes, you can make it out. I spent years, like so many years, like disassociated, like I would work for years and I wouldn't know what I was doing because I was disassociated, but I had done that work for so many years that I was just like a robot, just doing it and doing it. And like, I would know that I did it because 
I would sign the paperwork and I was just like, oh, I already did that. But I would, I was just detached from the whole situation of life. So my goal was to let people know that, yes, you know, there are horrible things that happen in life, but if we stay focused, we can find a way because so many people say, oh, just get over it. Believe me, if we could get over it, we would get over it. You know, it's not that simple. So I want to give people hope that even if right now you haven't gotten through or you you're not where you want to be, just don't give up. You will eventually get there. It doesn't matter if it's a day, two days, if it's a year, if it's 10 years, you will get there. So it just, you know, stay focused, stay calm and find your why. Because when you do that, you will find a way. Wow. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to cry. Like I'm so touched and like, I just feel for you and your son. And I just, I can't believe that you are where you are because a lot of people, and I hate to say this, but they, they get into that mode of where, of course, like something painful happens and then they stay in that place because they don't know how to get out of it. They want to, but then it's like, okay, I'm here and now I'm not going to let anybody in. And I'm sure it took work for you because you said you were like detached for a while. Mm -hmm. So how did you get back to that place of being open and, you know, just inviting in what you wanted to manifest? Well, it took a while to even notice that I was detached. Like it took years because I didn't, they always said, oh, you have like short term memories. So I would do one thing and then I would completely forget. And I don't know. It was just, I think one day I just woke up and I said like enough, like I can't do this anymore. Like I've wasted so many years thinking like, oh, I need to do this or I should achieve this. And I had a list of things that I wanted to do, but I was so detached that I didn't realize that I had already achieved all those things, but I couldn't see it. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like I've lost all this this time in life and I didn't appreciate it. Like I didn't value it. And then it's like, no, I have to find my way back. And, you know, right after the incident, I went into training. So I was, I was doing jujitsu. I was doing Muay Thai. I was doing boxing. I was doing everything to feel empowered again. But at the same time, I wasn't really enjoying it. Because at that point, it was more of like a defense mechanism. So I went through life guarded and losing out in in precious moments with my family. Like I was there, but I wasn't present. So I was physically there, but I wasn't really there. So looking back at pictures, it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe like I really missed out on that because it was I lived an out of body experience for many years. And I decided like one day was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm losing all this time with my son because even though I was with him and doing all these these activities with him, I wasn't really enjoying it because I was trying to, you know, protect him and, and I was guarded and I didn't want like anybody to get near him. I always, I was always protecting, like protect, protect, protect that I wasn't enjoying anything. And I was like, no, I can't do that because I don't want my son to feel like he needs to live his life guarded and protecting. And I wanted him to just have the resources that he needs to, you know, live his life and function in life and enjoy life, not live a life where he needs to be guarded 24 seven and not enjoy it. So 
when it really happened that like the the light went off I was but it happened and I'm glad it did because now I can help other people it's not so much of my story but the path and the resources and the coping skills that have helped me that can help others because it's not necessarily um just you know with the abduction or you know things that happen during it like these are coping skills that you can use on a day-to-day you know life you know you don't have to be like oh well I was an alcoholic and this worked for me oh I was uh, uh you know addicted to drugs and this worked for me you know so it's not divided by the addiction or the recovery or the trauma it's something that you can use regardless the tools yes yeah for everybody it's you know it's it just it covers everything but everybody just thinks oh it's only for an alcoholic oh it's only for a recovering drug you know drug addict oh it's only for somebody who's been through sexual assault oh it's only for somebody who has you know domestic violence oh it's only you know no this is something that you could use regardless yeah there's a there's a lot of things you mentioned a few things but there's a lot of things like you said that can be used cross platform mm-hmm. I and mean, something as simple like when doing a personal training session i i have uh, a young woman doing shoulder presses and okay why do you need real big shoulders well when you're getting that serving platter that's on the top shelf that you only use on thanksgiving and there's eight trays on top of it you need to be able to support that when it comes up and people don't think of that i mean how many new mothers blow out their back picking up their 17 pound baby off the ground mm-hmm. and i mean so it's like you use something that okay you're not going to be deadlifting you're not going to be doing big heavy olympic lifts but in everyday life mm-hmm. these these tools these skills get applied. And like you said, it's not just for the alcoholic, not just for and the addict. Uh, and then one thing that you, you kept saying is like, you need to find your why. Now I've been coaching for years and that phrase kind of never really stuck out. I know Shruti uses that one a lot. I was watching a live uh, Instagram uh, feed that someone had on and she kept referring to the why thing. And it's kind of like once you hop into a car that you never noticed before. And then you notice mm-hmm. everyone else driving the same car. And now that I hear yes. it, now that Shruti brought it to my attention, every time I hear someone else saying, it's like, Hey, there it is again. There it is again. Now going back to that abduction. And obviously you talk about PTSD, so I don't want to stir thoughts up too much for you. Um, so obviously if there's any discomfort, we can skip to the next thing, but you say your son is what got you out of there. That was mm-hmm. your why that's why you survived it. Have you ever thought of what would have happened if your son wasn't there? What, what could have been your why then, or would you even even had one or would it have been easier just to give up and let what happens happen? Well, my why would have been to get out because I always, I grew up thinking worst case scenarios, you know, oh, if this happens, I do this, if this happens, then I do that. So I always thought, okay, if I'm out of there in a situation, this is what I do. But I never planned that if I'm in a situation with somebody else, especially a child, what am I gonna do? Because if it's another adult, yo, we're running, we're kicking, we're screaming, we're doing this. But when you're with a child, you can't run. You can't, you really gotta think about how is this gonna affect the child? One of us has to make it or both of us, but mainly it was gonna be him. So my why was him. And if I was by myself, then my why would have been get out of here. Try to see what you can do to survive you know, but I never planned or thought worst case scenario, what happens if you think of when you're going hiking, worst case scenario, you bring this or, you know, I grew up watching MacGyver. So I always, you know, thought, bubble, okay. Bubble you, gum and duct tape. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't do that here. But, you know, when you have somebody else, everything changes. So it's important to just keep an open mind and just find a way. And then another thing you mentioned is like, you, you used the, the phrase, I'm glad that happened so I can help other people. Obviously, if you were to go back, you would have, you'd like to erase that part, but you're taking that negative and making a positive. Kind of like myself, mm-hmm. I had the stent put in that I had mentioned uh, when I spoke to you the other day back in March. Of course, I wouldn't have wanted that to happen, mm-hmm. but now it's something that gets discussed on our podcast just with overall health. And I, I know one guy that I used to work with, as soon as it happened to me, he made an appointment the next day to go have mm-hmm. a stress test. He's like, oh, geez, if it can happen to you, I'm getting checked. So I, I know I've hoped, helped at least two people. One of the former coaches from the high school I was coaching, he already made a comment. He watched one of my videos. He said, hey, if you're looking to help someone, you got me. I'm going to get checked. And, and he lives like out in Colorado and that area. And so obviously we don't want those big negative events to happen. But that mindset of being able to say, hey, I took this negative and now I'm going to flip it around and go and help others. Uh, it, it takes a lot more than just a simple, okay, I'm glad this happened. Now I can help you. You, you have to be strong enough. So you're not stirring up your pain and, and mm-hmm. be able to move forward with it. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously nobody wants something like that to happen. You see it on TV um, and you think, oh, well, if this happens to me, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that, you know, and it's just like on like the movies, you know, when you're something bad's happening everybody freaking disappears. There's nobody in sight. And that's exactly what happened. It's like, are you kidding me? Like this parking lot was just full of people and now everybody disappeared, you know? So it's like, but then I think, you know what? Obviously I didn't want it to happen. I don't desire this to happen on anybody, not my worst enemy, nobody. But at the same time, what can I take from it to help somebody else? Because somebody else, might not have gone through something like that. Like I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, your situation is worse. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's not one that's worse than the other. Like you went through your thing. Maybe I can't handle that. And maybe you can't handle what I went through because we're all different. We all, our mentality, our our mindset, we're all completely different. Like we have different strengths. So it's not fair to minimize another person because you know, they think this way or they think that, no, because what you went through, I'm not going to be able to go through it. What I went through, maybe you may not be able to go through it, you know, but it's important that we understand that we're all different and let's find what worked for us and give it the knowledge to somebody else so it can help them because maybe they went through something and they're stuck and they don't know what it is, but then they're like, wait a minute, you kind of relate to what I went through. So maybe that will be the the switch or the whatever that that will help them get through their situation. All right. I mean, it also helps with just that. I mean, we've been hearing the phrase, the me too movement. Um, obviously that's been primarily used with like the, the sexual assaults and stuff like that, but it kind of goes with anything. I mean, with me too, I went into a cardiac support group and how many people have had stents. I mentioned it at the archery club that I'm in all these guys are saying, Oh, I got 12 of them. I got eight of them. I got, it's like, no, I'm good with one. I don't need, I don't need more, but you realize how many people in that room also went through this. And same thing. You get someone that went through some kind of trauma and you start talking with them and it's like, well, I've gone through it too. I'm here for you, the support. And that that's a big thing. And Mm -hmm. I I rolled a car a couple of years ago and realized, geez, how many friends I have that have rolled cars before. And 
again, not a group I really want to be part of, but I'm, I'm not the only one to have done it. Yeah. Now, going over the, to the, the MMA, and you started that with the photography. And, and have you always been in photography? And how did it get to the point where you're now doing the MMA? Because it sounds like that came out of a coping mechanism to go with your abduction. That's how you got into the, the fighting sports, correct? Mm-hmm. So were you doing photography before that and you brought that along to the MMA or did it all come out at the same time? No, I've done photography since my teenage years. Um, my father is a minister. So obviously he would do a lot of weddings and I would help out and do all the wedding pictures or I would do family portraits and I would just do things like that. Um, and that was always my, my thing was photography, capturing the moment, you know, doing all that stuff. So after the incident, I started training, you know, and I know a lot of, you know, people who fight. I have a lot of friends that are fighters. Um, and when I was going through that, like watching their pictures and watching their videos, it's like, I couldn't really see what I wanted to see. Like as a fighter, what is it that you're looking for? Because they all have a story, you know, and they've sacrificed so much, they've given so much, but it's not being displayed in the pictures. It was just, oh, let me just capture this and let me just capture that. And it just wasn't enough for me. So it got to the point where I wanted to do those types of pictures, combat sports pictures, because I wanted to share their story. I wanted them to see all of their sacrifice, everything they've done, you know, and have it. And then, you know, my friend who was also my coach, he got me into like one of the, one of the promotions. And once I went there and it took me, it took me a long time to go because um, what a lot of people don't know is that um, I had a lot of friends that were fighting, but I wouldn't go to the, to those shows because it was, where I was abducted. Like it started out here in Framingham and it ended up in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So this promotion takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And I had friends that were fighters and they were fighting and I wanted to support them and I would buy a ticket, but I wouldn't go to the show. I just wouldn't go because I was not ready to be there. And then, and then I just felt like I was missing out on so much and I could give them all this stuff, you know, something to look back and, and, and hold on to because that was my thing. My thing was, you know, I, you know, I was disassociated for so long that I couldn't remember anything. But when I saw a picture, I remembered bits and pieces of it. So to me, it was so important to have a picture to save that moment. And then one day I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to have to just suck it up. I'm going to have to deal with it. And I'm going to have to go Um, and I went and it wasn't easy. I was sweating. I was, you know, having shakes. I was having triggers. I was having flashbacks. I was going through all of that, but I was like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it. And I did it. And, um, I don't regret it. You know, it it wasn't easy, but it was worth it because now it's, it's something that I can help others, you know, um, why people fight, why are people doing all this stuff? They have their story. So now I can share their story and I can give them back what at that moment they might've lost, you know, cause it's like, they're fighting. So they don't really know everything that's going on. So if they have their pictures, they can savor that moment. So I'm trying to give back because a lot of my time was taken away. So let me try to give them their time back. 
Now, one one thing you mentioned, I just had to kind of branch off of it. You mentioned that your your father's a minister. Mm-hmm. Now, normally you wouldn't look at like church and then combat sports being being related. And I have something else before you answer the question. But how is he? How does he feel about you being so involved in something like that? Like I listen to all different kinds of music. You you noted the the drums mm-hmm. and the guitars behind me. Uh, a band that I grew up listening to is a Christian metal band named Striper. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, the name Striper actually comes from Isaiah 55, uh, Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we are healed. And in a video they had when they kind of like introduced themselves back in the VHS days, they kind of commented how people said Christians shouldn't look like this. Christians shouldn't have long hair. Christians shouldn't be playing metal music. They shouldn't. And I'm guessing there's a group of people that say, hey, Christians shouldn't be beating the snot out of each other in a rank. Mm-hmm. And so how does your family and either agree with or disagree with you being involved in combat sports coming from a, a religious background? Um, from a re- Obviously from a religious background, people shouldn't be beating each other up, you know? Um, but I see it as that's the most realistic way that a person will know if they're able to defend themselves. If they're out there, like I was training jujitsu. Obviously, my parents didn't really like it um, because of the violent part of it, and you're gonna get hurt. And am I thinking like, well, I already got, I was already hurt, but maybe if I had these skills, it, I wouldn't have suffered as much as I would have suffered. You know, um, maybe if I had the stand up, I wouldn't have been taken down. And maybe if I, when I was taken down, I could have managed to get out of it like so maybe that suffering would have stopped sooner um so there are a lot of people that are christian that are fighters and their mentality is i'm not looking to kill this person i'm not looking to hurt this person this their job you know that's what they're doing but at the same time it's like seriously if you're in in real life are you going to be able to defend yourself? Are you able? <clears throat> then that's my thing. My thing is I do this. I do the combat sports because that's the closest thing to another situation in life. So now if I get, I don't want to be in that situation ever again, but at least I have the skills to protect myself. The skills are probably instinctual too. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody were to like come up behind or something, I'm sure you react in a certain way. And then mm-hmm. maybe it's, because our first reaction happens in our body. I think like when we get scared, someone's like, boo, or like jumps out at you, you react first in your body. So mm-hmm. I think that's where like your intuition lies as well. Like you'll get that feeling, mm-hmm. good feeling, bad, whatever it is. I mean, right now it's, it's, um, it's like I've trained it so much that depending on the situation, I will, you know, react a certain way, but I also don't react um quickly I guess unless I know I'm in a threatening situation you know because I don't want to hurt somebody no 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 I don't want to hurt somebody um so strike me as that type of person (laughs) (laughs) you you learn it more as both a physical conditioning and, and a mental and emotional conditioning to protect yourself have you ever gotten in the ring using it as a sport or is it strictly just in your back pocket for protection if you need it? It's in my back pocket for protection if I need it. I do so, spar with people. 
Um, and I always tell them, don't hit me in the face. I don't want to get in the face. Um, I've done grappling challenges. I've, so I've done the jujitsu competitions and stuff like that because I'm like, well, how am I going to really know if I'm in a situation, if I'm going to be able to defend myself? Like, yes, I'm training all this. Yes, I'm learning all this information, but am I really going to be able to use it? And I know how to use it. Like even in the competition that I was in, like I got the girl in like an ankle lock and I heard her ankle like crack and stuff. And I just let go instantly. I'm just like, I'm not here to hurt her. I just want to know if I can, if I have the skills to defend myself, I'm not looking to hurt anybody. And my coach at the time was like, really? Who does that? I'm like, clearly I do that because I'm not looking <laughs> to hurt anybody. Like, no. But, but even, even that tournament, it sounds like that was more of a, an Olympic style tournament, like where it's based on points, like the end of the karate kid where, okay, you hit him there, you get the point you hit him. It's that wasn't like the MMA style where it's all right. You, no, you, it was more for, um, I was doing it more. I was, I kept transitioning different submissions. So it's either you submit the person or you win by points. I won by points because I didn't want to hurt her. You know, I could have gotten it by breaking her ankle, which I didn't want to do. Um, you know, so if she didn't tap when I was choking her, I would just let her go and just go for another submission because I didn't want, I didn't want to hurt her, but I needed to know right. that I could do all this stuff. So, and everybody was like, Oh, that's so cool that you just transitioned. I'm like, well, that's what we've been training, you know, <laughs> but my thing is not to hurt anybody. I mean, if you're hurting me, then yeah, I'll hurt you. But if you're not hurting me, why am I gonna, you know, hurt? And I guess technically she was trying to hurt me, but that wasn't really what I was there for. I wasn't really looking to hurt her. I was more, just to see if I can actually use all of my techniques in a real life situation. And that's the closest thing to a real life situation. Cause I'm not gonna go up to a person and start freaking, let me do an arm bar on you. Let me, let me choke you out just to see, no, it has to be in a proper environment where everybody is safe. But if I right. need to use it in real life, then yes, I'm gonna use it. Yeah, and, you'll, and, and that's one that you'll never really be able to train for a, a quote unquote real life situation because Anytime you go into a tournament setting, you know, the other guy's coming after you. And when you're walking out of the mall late at night, you're not prepared for this guy to come out of the darkness and, and, and get you. It's kind of like when we see all these things on the news and, and obviously I, I hate politics. So I don't want to get into the whole police thing, but whenever they take a news reporter and say, okay, let's put you in a mock simulation and they go through it and either they get the, the reporter gets hit by the bad guy or they take out a civilian because they don't know how to prepare for you can never be prepared for the surprise you just know that you can physically handle it once you're there as long as you don't get surprised too quickly mm -hmm. exactly. you know there was a i took a jujitsu class once and i remember the instructor being like there was like only men in the class and like you know the positionings like that they do is like what would be a real life situation and they're like the reason we're pairing you up with like bigger men is because as a woman unfortunately your attacker is most likely not always, but most likely going to be a male. So like you mm -hmm. get used to the body ratio because biologically they're built differently than us. Mm -hmm. So I was just like so intimidated by it, but I do want to go back to it and try it because I do feel like it is a really good place to learn self-defense. It is because if, a, if anybody's going to attack a woman, right, their main goal is to take them down to the ground. Okay. Now what are you going to do when they take you to the ground? Because a lot of people do the stand up. And yeah, maybe you can knock the person out or maybe, you know, you can kick them. Maybe you can get, grab some sort of distance, but what's going to happen when they take you to the ground? Are you going to be able to defend yourself? Are you going to yeah. be able to get out of that situation? How are you able to control it 
so you're able to get out safely. And the so best true. thing is um, jujitsu because it's a ground technique. It's about submission. It's and the best thing about it is you go by the flow of the person. So when the person is going one way, you go with it, and then boom, you can submit them and and you can get out. It gives you time to get out. You're not looking to kill the person. You're looking to defend yourself and give you some time to get out. Obviously, they're not going to tap, but just get out of there. And how are you going to yeah. get out of there? By having some sort of ground technique to get out of it. And I used to train with the guys all the time and it made it easier when I competed in my, in the women's division because guys are heavier, guys are bigger. So my thing is, okay, if I can take this guy and I can choke him out and I can put him in some sort of like position where he's going to have to submit, then I can take a female, you know? And that's what you know, we have to think about it's not so much, oh, it's a guy and it's a woman. Like, obviously, you still need to have some sort of precaution, but the body's an instrument, kind mm -hmm. of. Yeah. So you're not play with it. Yeah. So now you, you had your photography that you did, you got into the martial arts um, as a protective thing to physically prepare yourself, mentally prepare yourself. Yep. You blended those together. And then as you started meeting these fighters, you started their fight story to get the story behind the images. And yes. how did that start and where has that taken you? Um, you know what, it's, I've always wanted to do it, but I never really had the time to do it. Um, but when the pandemic hit, I said, you know what? This is a time, let me see how I can meet, um, just do like virtual interviews. So I was doing, you know, virtual interviews. Um, and, I wanted to know their story because as a photographer, you know, I, I, I'm there and I'm taking their pictures, you know, I'm at weigh-ins and, you know, they've been cutting weight and, you know, we start talking because now they're waiting for, you know, the next part of the, you know, the day, you know, they, they weigh themselves in, then they have to take their pictures and then, then they have to face off. So in between, I started speaking to them and talking to them. And then I would understand that there's more to it. Like, one person, his father had just passed away. So he was dedicating that fight in honor of his father. We have somebody else, you know, that is a survivor of some sort of, you know, tragic incident that happened. Another one is a survivor of cancer, you know, so they all had a story of why they're fighting. Like a friend of mine, like I was taking his pictures and never really knew his story. His story was, that his, you know, his brother is fighting epilepsy. And he said, well, if my, my brother can fight, you know, this battle of epilepsy, whenever I go in the cage, I'm going to be fighting as well. Because in his mind, when he gets in there, his opponent isn't his opponent. His opponent is the epilepsy, is that disease that is taking his brother away. So that's what he's fighting. So then I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many fighters that have a story. A lot of them are survivors of sexual assault. You know, they were abused when they were children. Um, so now they use that as a way to get their aggression out and find a healing because, you know, a lot of people turn to, you know, medication and doctors will prescribe all this stuff, not realizing that if you exercise and you train, your body will automatically naturally develop all of the things that these medications are giving you. Whereas the medication is causing you more harm 
um, on other body parts than it is, you know, your healing process. So it should be the, like the medication should be a temporary um, gateway. It should be a temporary, you know, healing process. It should get you through, but you shouldn't be depending on it. Should you should be able to use it and then get the healing that you need and then find another avenue to get where you need to get to because you don't want to keep losing out in life because now all this medication is you know ruining your kidneys and it's ruining your liver and it's ruining all these other things where it should just be a temporary fix to get you to the next step of a healthy way to heal so their story is a way to help other people that are going through that so when people see these fighters now they see them as human beings they see them as people, not just the red corner, the blue corner. I want this one to beat the crap out of this one where now you see their story and you hear it. And now you understand why they're in there. Yeah. And everyone has a story behind it. And like you said, instead of seeing the red corner, the blue corner, I want, I want this. It's, I mean, everyone watched American Idol or you watch like Mm -hmm. some of the cooking channels and uh, the top chef things and stuff like that. And it's like all of a sudden, same type of thing. You'll hear one, you're like, oh, I want that guy to win. I like what he did in the first Mm -hmm. dish. And then they hear the story of the other one and how I'm a single mom and I have five kids and we live in the one bedroom apartment. It's like, oh, geez, now I want this one Mm -hmm. to win. And you realize there's more to why people are doing Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And I mean, it's, it's great to have, to have that drive. And like you mentioned, like the medication and, and stuff like that, it's, it's gotta be a supplement. And it's kind of even when I do the personal training and I talk to people, it's like, I have three bottles of protein powder on top of my fridge. So it's not like I don't use it, but mm-hmm. that should be a supplement to, to whole foods. And instead of mm-hmm. eat, coming home and having the protein powder, have a half a cup of cottage cheese. There's your 15 grams of protein, natural whole food, not thing, same thing. They, if they're taking any type of medication, whether it be for the physical pain and and not to say there isn't a place for, for medication, mm-hmm. obviously there, there is, but hitting the gym, making your body stronger and eating properly and making your body stronger is going to have a much better impact than relying on the medication and, and the mm-hmm. chemicals in your body. Now, all these projects obviously overlap each other and uh, you've, you've used them all. Uh, which one would you say is the one that's closest to your heart? And it's not like, I mean, I know we can't say which kid we like better when we have multiple <laughs> kids, but, but which, which one do you, would you say is the the driver of the other two? Like which, which one leads the pack? If, if you were to isolate them into one, one website or, or one conglomerate, which one would be like the main thing and then subdivisions underneath it? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because I mean, I would say, I guess, their fight story, because it just branches off where, you know, you can go to Medina MMA and see, you know, their history, where they've been fighting, what they've been doing, or you can go the other way and you can go to Adonis Speaks and they can find that healing because, you know, we all go through something and their story means something more than what we know. Um, but with their story, there's a path to their healing. So I would say, I guess the big one or the one that I want everybody to like see is their fight story because it's an individual 
who's fighting, regardless if it's a combat sports or not. This is a person who is fighting something internally, mentally, physically, emotionally. It doesn't matter. They're fighting and they have a story and they want to find a way and they're using it to impact other people. So these fighters are using the techniques that they've learned in life, their defenses, their coping skills to get through. And I guess that's it. I don't really, it's hard to really just pinpoint, but I guess if they, it, it just branches off because if you don't want to deal and you don't want to hear about the fighter as the combat part of it, then you have Igdalia Speaks where I also have fighters that will talk about, you know, the importance of mental health, the awareness of it, you know? I'm, I'm guessing the fighters are really like the idea that you give them a platform to show that they are more of just guys beating each other up, that there's more, that there is their story, that there is yes. more to them than just, I mean, sweaty guys throwing punches. Yes. I mean, there are women, there are men that are doing this and they all have a story. And the thing is, I mean, a lot of them had said, you know, thank you so much because they really don't get an opportunity to share their voice. They don't, they try to, but then whoever is, you know, interviewing them or speaking with them are more concerned about their record, are more concerned of who are they fighting today. But to me, it's like, okay, this is who you're fighting tomorrow in a month, but tell me where you started, why you got where you got, why did you pick martial arts to help you through your, your journey? What has it done for you? How has it changed your life? You know, what would you share with all these other people that are trying to figure out what they want to do because they've gone through a certain situation in life? So it's like a way of not giving up. So they have their voice and I'm trying to let other people hear it. Let me, let them hear their voice, let them speak from their heart, not to impress anybody, not to be, you know, they all have a dream to be somewhere in life. They all want to be somewhere in this career, you know, because they're in it for a reason. They're not just, they're just, oh, let me have some fun knocking somebody else. I mean, maybe somebody does, but they have goals, they have dreams and they should be able to express how that dream developed and help others get there, not use, you know, different scenarios in the life that have hindered them before, keep them there. No, let's move forward, let's grow, let's use everything and move forward. So use their story, use their voice to help another person. Um, Dalia, that's so beautiful. And I just wanted to ask you to close it off. What's one piece of advice that maybe you were given that really touched you and really helped you on your path? Hmm, that's a good one. Let's see. Um, okay. So what has helped me? Something that some, it's not much of, I don't know if you call it advice or personal opinion or whatever. Yeah. What pushed me was when I was told it happened so long ago, just get over it. That's what fueled me. 
that's what motivated me to do something. Because a lot of people think that this happened so long ago, you shouldn't be dealing with it. Okay, well, we all go through things in life. So my, my purpose after everything that has happened is to be an example for my child and also to help other people. And how will they handle when somebody tells them, you should be over it, you should move on. Now I say, thank you so much. You know, I appreciate you telling me that because I mean, maybe ignorance is bliss. I don't know. So I'm going to share with Oh, everybody. I hate it when people say that. <laughs> you know? So it's but like, if you'll do it, if you'll do it, it's just like, good. it's like that push where someone's like, no, you can't do it. Just get over it. You're like, no, I'm going to show you. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's like saying you shouldn't miss your grandmother that died 15 years ago. It, it happened so long ago. You shouldn't be missing her anymore. I mean, that's like, that's the exactly. same thing. If you went through a trauma, it's a trauma, whether it was a week ago or it was 10 years ago. It's, it's in your body. It's still going like, to be there. Yeah. It's not going to just like disappear, but like you changed it from a negative to a positive. You found the silver lining of what you learned and now you're guiding others, whereas you're going to help someone else now who's stuck where they're like, oh, I can't get out of this trauma. This is just the way I am. Now you're going to help that person. Thank you so much for being here. This was Thank like, so I so fascinated hearing your story and like, how like just inspiring you are and how you're inspiring others. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, the time and hopefully this will help somebody else in whatever path they're going through and whatever their journey is. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure, I'm sure people will will get your message and, and hopefully if any, uh, any other MMA fighters that might be in a a different circuit here, here of you and can reach out and have you helped them share their stories. Yes. I would love that. Well, thank, thank you, you again. You, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.